Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A warmer Bubby Welcome to Bubby Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peters. And now, part of the Beast of Family and Podcast, we've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. This is going to be a two parter. We're going to be joined by Tristan Freeman, who does tremendous work over at Bustin' Brackets. In segment number two, we're going to be taking a look at just the uh, fallout with regards to everything that happened with St. John's over the last few days. Then bringing in Chris Lidlum. The fact that you've got Quince Lesniski who's now going to be in the fold for West Virginia. What to expect out of both of those players. Just a little bit of a lay of the land in the Big 12 in general. And with Tristan as well, I know that he does a great job taking a look at a few of these under-the-radar teams. We're going to be talking about a few of those in segment number two. And I'm also going to be talking with him a little bit about the foreign trip with Kentucky. Some of the expectations that we've got there and diving a little bit further on that SEC and the entirety of the conference's landscape. Right here at the top, we did see a little bit of a piece of news in college basketball. We did get an international transfer that came into a Power 6 school. So we're going to be recapping that. But as you guys could tell, most of these rosters, they are fortified. So we're getting a little bit more into preview mode. In terms of previews, the Missouri Valley Conference preview, that should be up on the podcast within the next 24 hours. Might need to be the next 48, but I'm thinking they should have it up for tomorrow's podcast, so be on the lookout there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters ZM. They mean does not matter, as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. And please do send in those questions because... It is getting to the point in the season in which we do have a lot of these rosters are a little bit more fortified, so we've got less news and notes to take a look at. Now let's just take a look forward, and we did see one team make a nice addition. That'd be Xavier. They bring in, and I am going to say this name correctly, Gaitis Namiksa. He commits to the Xavier class of 2023. Apparently, he won an NKL championship and was a... Final Four MVP. This according to Jonathan Gavoni, who does great work over at Draft Express and does a good job of taking a look at a lot of these international prospects. But you do take a look at what Gaitis, because that's the easiest name to say out of the two, did while he was over there in Lithuania last season in the NKL. He was a relatively solid player. He is someone that needs to work on that three-point shot a little bit. The international line, I believe it's a little bit further back than the college line, but it's relatively on par as a six foot seven, six foot eight, little bit of a combo player. Shot about 31% from three, but he put up some very nice numbers. Logged about six rebounds per contest, a block per game. He was able to contribute about 11 and a half or so points per contest. So I do think that this should be a good pickup 
prior to coming on, I watched a little bit of tape and I was relatively impressed by what I saw there. And as we know, Sean Miller, he did a very good job of being able to bring in some international prospects when I was over at Arizona. We know that a few of those were able to make the NBA draft as well. Larry Markkinen is certainly someone that comes to mind. I certainly don't think he's going to be Larry Markkinen, but at the same time, a Final Four MVP out there in the NKL, that's a relatively good addition for a Xavier team that they do return quite a bit from last season. They are going to be in a little bit of transition and they did have a little bit of a depth problem from a season ago. This should be able to help out with that quite a bit. And for Xavier, in terms of what they bring in in the transfer portal as well, I think that this is going to meld very well with some of the decisions that they did make as they're going to be bringing into the fold someone like Adabu Usme. He's a little bit more of a defense-oriented big man along with Logan Duncombe, who comes in from Indiana as a six foot ten. Guy that's a little bit unproven, but a nice upside player. And then you bring in Mr. Do-It-All and Davion McKnight and Quincy Oliveri, more of your sharp shooter. So, all in all, do like this move for Xavier. And I always love being able to dive into this great game of college basketball. Tristan Freeman, such a great mind over there at Bustin' Brackets coming up next. We're talking a little bit about Quinn Lesniski heading on over to West Virginia. We're taking a look at Kentucky and what we all saw from them in terms of the global jam. Should we be bullish or bearish on them in terms of the SEC landscape? Going to be taking a look at St. John's and so much more next on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the DC Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Gus Gussie with myself, Greg Gibbs Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Tristan Freeman does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the great game of college basketball over at Boston Brackets. That's a part of fan sided's coverage of college basketball. He does a great job holding it down in the great state of Pennsylvania, looking at all the area teams there. But on top of that, with regards to the entire landscape of college basketball, he is absolutely an incredible follow at Hoopsa351 on Twitter. And Tristan, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. And Tristan, over the last 48 hours, we have seen some very interesting player movement. As for St. John's, they were able to get Chris Ludlum, who had decided that he was going to go away from Tennessee. I believe it was due to the Josiah Jordan James decision that he is going to be returning back to school. So he decides that he is going to be going to St. John's. and. That causes for Quince Lesniski to enter in the transfer portal and is saying the transfer portal lasted mere hours going over to West Virginia. And first things first, we'll go on the St. John's side before we look at West Virginia. But how does this impact St. John's, a program that, I mean, it's coached by Rick Pitino, one of the absolute legends of the game. But he's going to be relying upon a lot of guys that they were alpha dog scorers at their previous stops and their previous stops, like with Jordan Dingle over at Penn. 
like with a Chris Ludlum over at Harvard, it was at a little bit of a lower level of competition for a lot of these guys. It's another capable body that's proved that's a proven veteran. I mean, this is a team with so many new transfers joining Drill Soyano, clearly they're in a win now position. So the power forward position, which I assume would be would be where let in place, probably is the one that have more that had more questions because you had originally Slazinski as well as Oregon State transfer Glenn Taylor. Now you can put Letwam in there, and he and he and he's obviously a defensive weapon that can rebound. It'll be interesting to see how he pairs with Soriano because Letwam's a career thirty percent three point shooter, but it should work, and it's just another piece for Rick Pitino to work with. And now you have a Red Storm roster that probably is going to be ranked to start next season. With the Red Storm, I think that it is such an interesting team in general. And I think the biggest question I have right now with St. John's, because they have brought in so many different guys, someone like a Nakeem Aleem. I still remember when he was over at Virginia Tech, he was able to do some nice work there, didn't contribute a lot for UConn, but no doubt was a part of a winning program. How do you view them just for this upcoming season, the style in general that they're going to be looking to play? Because they do have Joel Soriano back full, the guy that is a very good rebounder, was part of an up-tempo style. But you've got a lot of guys that they come in from a little bit of a lower-tempo style of basketball for them, but at the same time are very much alpha dog scorers like Jordan Dingo and company. Yeah, the good news is all of these guys can essentially create on their own. They're not going to need a Danish Jenkins to set the table for everyone, and that's going to be good, partially because not many of these guys were known as great three-point shooters at their previous stops. So it's a situation where they're going to have to create their offense a lot, and it should be doable. And the mid-major transfer moving up is always a risk. We see to work with some not work with many. I think ultimately the belief is that with Rick Pitino leading the way that it should be a solid transition and just from the talent alone that they should be fine and not too worry about it. Although you do wonder how much Dingle and Letlum are going to combine next year because Last year, they combined for 42 in the Ivy League, but obviously the big league is a whole nother level. Yeah, the Ivy League compared to the Big East really just does not compare, but scoring is scoring for a lot of these guys as well. So I think that it is going to be very interesting to see how they integrate themselves with that system as Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Buster Brackets, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And then we saw one of the big ripple effects of that is that West Virginia horribly needed depth because of everything that has happened in recent days and recent weeks. The Bob Huggins situation still lingers, by the way, which is very sad to say the least, but they were able to get Quinn Slaziski. He pretty much became a outcast, for lack of a better term, when it came to St. John's when they had picked up Chris Ludlum. He was not going to be really getting any minutes whatsoever. He was in a rough spot, and West Virginia, they've decided to take him on. How big is this for West Virginia? Because the top-end talent, in my opinion, for West Virginia is still there. Kirk Reese uh, coming in, that's big, along Jesse Edwards, who was a double-double machine at Syracuse. But my biggest issue with them was depth. And being able to add someone like a Quinn Slaziski, I didn't think that he was going to be some sort of a great player over at St. John's, but I thought he could be someone that comes in off the bench at six foot eight is able to pop some threes. And I think that that's a big ad for West Virginia because I think that he's a capable role level player in the big 12. Yeah. This was a win-win situation for both sides. Cause like you said, I'm not sure how much of a role Slazinski would have had at St. John's considering they already had Glenn Taylor and may have had to put RJ Luis there as an undersized four 
depending on how the backcourt situation works out. So now he goes to West Virginia team, who basically had no power forwards once Trey Mitchell and James Okongwu left. He's going to be the starter, and if you're West Virginia, there really aren't really any power forwards available that you could have gotten. So outside of going the international or Juco route. So this was an ideal sign for them. He's a veteran forward, can stretch the floor. He was okay at Louisville, but nothing great. And ultimately, you're just hoping that he can eat minutes. Give him 20 to 25 minutes, get healthy since he missed most of last season with an injury, and just be effective. But he's going into the Big 12 where there's a whole bunch of athletes, and he's going to have to go up against K.J. Adams and Jalen Bridges. It's going to be tough. But ultimately, if you're West Virginia, you just need to fill out the roster with enough D1 players, and this one can do that. They are going to need to just get a little bit more depth. I think that they could still, West Virginia could be in the market for another depth piece or two, but with Quince Lazisky as well, starting out at Louisville, it's not like he's completely unfamiliar with a higher level of competition. I believe they actually got eight starts in his final year at Louisville as well. So he has seen this a little bit in the past, so... I do think that that is beneficial. And we've been talking a lot this offseason about West Virginia for all the wrong reasons. And we've been talking a lot about Kentucky as well. And we did actually get to see a little bit of basketball from Kentucky over last week or two as well. That was via the Global Jam. They were able to win that event. And they were another one of the beneficiaries of everything that we saw with West Virginia as well to have a little bit of time because Trey Mitchell was someone that decided to leave the program after everything that happened with Bob Huggins, with Josh Eiler taking over, what have you. So he was someone that decided to go over to Kentucky. But overall, what did you notice out of Kentucky from the Global Jam? And how do you view them for the upcoming season in a SEC where I think there's a lot of solid teams? But in the SEC, I don't see that necessarily clear-cut Final Four contender. Well, the biggest sign of optimism is Antonio Reeves just having an outstanding week averaging over 23 points per game and clearly being the alpha dog. I think that's something that people are wondering when you consider the five, five-star guards, Dylan Ham and Wagner coming in, how Reeves would fit. But clearly Reeves is the number one option, and Trey Mitchell's going to be the number two option. He played well at the five spot for them, and we'll see what happens with Aaron Bradshaw and Igana Yenzo, both of whom are out for the next couple of months dealing with foot injuries. But they're going to need them because they got out-rebounded, and against the most athletic team in the event, Team Africa, they got exposed a little bit defensively. And the SEC is going to have a lot of teams with size and athleticism and experience. So while you certainly have to feel good if you're a Kentucky fan, there are still holes that can be exploited until you get your bigs back. And then once that happens and Trey Mitchell slides to the four, how will the shooting work? Because ultimately, Reeves only shot 32% in the event. And the other guards had their moments, but they also struggle well shooting. So how much of a concern is that going to be once you have various lineups next year? Yep, I think that that is such a big key to be taking a look at with Kentucky. And I just take a look at the entire SEC as well. And I do think that that is a little bit of a concern for Kentucky as well. Joining me on the show, we do have Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Boston Brackets. And while you don't necessarily have that one, as I was referring to before, bonafide team I think is going to be a Final Four contender in the SEC. Tennessee is once again going to be very good. Alabama is going to be very good once again as well. I have been very high on Auburn with the fact that they bring back G&I Broom. They had a little bit of three-point shooting. Getting back Tolu Smith for Mississippi State is big. I just take a look at the entirety of the SEC, and it's not as deep as the Big 12 ever was, but I mean, really, Sands, like, 
maybe South Carolina. I look at all these teams and there's really not going to be a lot of nights off in the SEC. And I think that there's going to be plenty of top 20, top 25 teams. And I think that this could almost be a little bit more of an advanced version of what we've seen on the Big Ten in recent years. I think if you look at everyone's preseason top 25, the SEC probably is has the most. I think there are seven of them that can make the case for being a top 25 team, and there's definitely depth. Obviously, Arkansas big transfer halls. You look at other teams who, who filled a potential weakness with Auburn getting 20-point score, Denver Jones to sort of replace their veteran guards that could. That was a bit inefficient before. Mississippi State couldn't shoot a lick all last year, and they bring in Andrew Taylor from Marshall. He was a 25-5 guy. The optimism part is that a lot of these teams sort of filled holes on the rosters, but there's still going to be questions with some of them, particularly because a lot of them brought in mid-major transfers. And again, we saw last year in the SEC, some of them worked out, some of them didn't. I think the Kyle Lofton experiment went horribly for Florida, and he was viewed as one of the more steady guards in the country during his four years of St. Bonaventure. So it's not a given, and depending on which of these transfers work out, that will determine how well the teams in the SEC does. The SEC, I think, is of massive fascination. And I know you were talking about Kentucky and their foreign trips, but I believe that there's like a record in terms of teams that are going to be taking foreign trips this year as well. There's going to be a few other SEC teams that do as well. And I want to get your thoughts just on how you do gauge some of these foreign trips because there are a lot of people that they are bullish on Kentucky based on what they saw, and rightfully so. It was a relatively good event for them, but I don't want it to be an end-all, be-all by any stretch of the imagination when I take a look at Kentucky as well. And at the same time, if Kentucky would have lost to, say, Germany by five points or something like that, I just don't necessarily put a lot of stock into those results either. I'm not sure how you view these foreign trips, but I do think that just any team taking a foreign trip in general, they should be getting a little bit of a leg up just because they get those extra practices as opposed to teams that do not. And I think what is big is trying to take a look at some of the lineups and some of the tendencies of these teams during these foreign trips rather than, per se, the final score, maybe a hot-slash-cold shooting day is what decides that. And I do think the biggest thing is just looking at just what we're actually seeing in terms of player rotations. Yeah, and you mentioned it with Kentucky. The problem is they're the only team that's played. So if they look good, then automatically you're going to bump them up compared to others who haven't even played. Or if they look bad, then you're like, okay, they're doomed without seeing it. So it's best to not have too many conclusions other than the fact that Antonio Reeves played very well. And that Reed Shepard is going to be a part of their rotation as a guy who can be a ball handler for them. You look at last year, the hints that we got from some of the overseas tours were that Keontae George and Brandon Miller we're going to be stud freshmen because they had some absurd performances, and that certainly carried over, especially Brandon Miller, who had who was an All-American SEC Player of the Year. So I do think if you see some consistent standout individual performances, that's more likely to transfer over than anything. And you don't really care about the team results because a lot of these coaches with these brand-new lineups, some rosters are just tinkering lineups to see which of them are going to work, which one undersized or two big lineups will work. So it's ultimately, you just want to pay attention to see which of the freshmen or transfers or guys that you want to keep an eye on, like Antonio Reeves next season. Absolutely, and I think that that's such a good point to make as well. Look at someone that maybe is taking the next step forward, maybe is taking a little bit more hold of the offense, like you were mentioning, with Antonio Reeves as well. It's Jerson Freeman, who does tremendous work over at Boston Brackets, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, and 
Kristen, I know you are busy trying to get set for the upcoming season. You've been doing a lot of great work evaluating so many teams from across the nation. Is there a team or two that you've been taking a look at in recent weeks and you're either starting to feel a little bit more bullish or a little bit more bearish on them based on what you have been finding out about them? It's fluctuating based on however I feel about certain teams, especially when it comes to late transfer pickups or departures. I, I think a team that I'm starting to, to feel better about is Maryland, in part because I think because it's becoming a consensus view that a other incoming freshman, Deshaun Smith-Harris, is going to be a breakout star. And that's pretty much the only hole they have in their lineup because they bring back Jameer Young, they, they bring in, they bring back Dante Scott, and Julian Reese in the front court. The question is going to be how the wing position works out since Akeem Hart's over at Villanova. But if the freshman class for Maryland works out well, you can include the top 50 freshman Jamie Kaiser in that as well. I think the Terrapins could be a team that's not only ranked, but a legitimate threat to be a four-seater better come tournament time. I'm still not going to put them in the Purdue range, but I do think that the Terps or flying under the radar because they could have a really big season next year. It felt like a lot of people were wanting to buy in on Maryland when it looked like they might be able to land Hunter Dickinson. The moment that they did not get in on them, the moment that they did not get Hunter Dickinson, it felt like a lot of people were out on them. But I do agree with you. I think that in a Big Ten where clearly Purdue, Michigan State, those are your top two teams with Illinois Braves being at number three, I do think that there's a nice little bit of a spot where you could have that top-tier number two team, and it's very wide open with that respect. And I think that Maryland has a good chance of being able to claim that title, and I do think that for Maryland, all in all, if they can just find a little bit of outside shooting, they are going to be just fine this year. And a man that does more than just a fine job of taking a look at the game of college basketball, he does a great job. That'd be you, Tristan. You do absolutely tremendous work over at Boston Brackets. Love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, sir. You can find me at Hoopsnut351 on Twitter. You can also follow at Bustin Brackets for all the latest in college basketball. And we're pretty much set to looking at the transfer classes now that Letlam and Kuzlinski is in there waiting on Jose Perez. But I think it's time to look at which teams have done well and which teams have struggled so far when it comes to the transfer portal this offseason. Absolutely. We are still seeing a few ripple effects of everything that happened with the West Virginia ordeal, but on uh, the rosters for next season, they are very much becoming crystallized. Tristan is doing a great job of taking a look at that and so much more, and it's always great to be able to get Tristan on this podcast. A big thanks to Tristan Freeman for joining me on Cuscus Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and if you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore one. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. As you guys know by now, I am with you guys every single day on this podcast. The conference previews are starting to come a little bit more hot and heavy. Going to be doing the Missouri Valley Conference tomorrow. Wanted to break up the two MAC schools so that way there's a little bit less confusion as to which MAC conference preview is which I'll be doing the Mid-American MAC Conference with 1A within the next, I will call it seven or so days, so be on the lookout there, but hopefully we'll have the Missouri Valley Conference Preview up tomorrow, and then after we're done with all these conference previews, we're going to be set for the upcoming season where I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, so I appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 